Hey, this is Maureen Poirier, Certified Field Trainer and Senior Field Director. If you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should definitely be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Burn. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Maureen Poyer. Maureen has 25 years as an educator in the capacity of a teacher, a principal, curriculum writer, and she's even opened two schools. She's also been a business owner for over 25 years across several industries, education obviously being one of them. She's also been involved in the health industry, family legacy keeping industry, and her financial journey, which she's now doing today. She's been in the financial industry for six years. She's a nationwide director with close to 700 agents in her agency. She is a single mother of three grown children and one rescue canine. Her hobbies are personal and professional development. She loves growth. That's something her and I share dear to both of our hearts, as well as meditation. Hiking, I love hiking. The biking part, not so much because I really don't like how my butt feels when you get off the bike. I love the health and fitness journey, just like she does, and deepening her spiritual walk, which you're going to hear a lot about because Maureen's been on a spiritual journey for a very long time. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear our conversation today. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If that sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone, phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Maureen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Stacey. I'm so delighted to be here. You and me both. I know what your schedule's like. I mean, you have an agency of over 700 agents. You really know the difference between productivity, being busy, and activity to be able to manage that. So thanks for taking out the time for, for our listeners and to have this conversation with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So you've been on the journey of entrepreneurism for over 25 years. And Let's talk about what that's looked like, because I'm sure that you just woke up one day and said, I'm going to start a business and six, fig six and seven figures dumped themselves into your bank account, right? No, that's actually not how it went. It would have been nice, but that's not how it went. It took me a long time to get there, even after um, all the businesses that I participated in and um, a slow and steady. I would say that's how it went. And um, a lot of failures and a lot of um, tribulations and a lot of, I have no idea what I'm doing. It just really looked like just picking myself up one more time. Every time I would fall, that was the formula, pick myself back up and keep moving. And what I realized was if I just did that one more time, 
every time, then eventually I would get where I wanted to go. Wow. How do you keep the tenacity to keep picking yourself back up like that? That's a lot. (laughs) Well, um, as you mentioned, it is a faith journey. And um, knowing that, that if other people could do it, that I could do it that um, I just maybe didn't know how to do it in the moment and um, that the only way I can really fail is to stop trying. Love that. I Mm -hmm. love that. So many people give up too soon. Mm -hmm. They they see a successful business owner, a successful entrepreneur. They hear, you know, you've built a team of 700 agents. You You have an agency of 700 agents and And, you know, they've been building their business for three months or six months or a year or two years. And they're like, why, why am I not successful yet? Why don't I have seven figures yet? What's going on? What am I doing wrong? And what they, what they fail to realize is that when, when someone who's achieved success shares their story, it's usually a three to five minute story. It's not the 25 year progressive story, right? (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, I started a business, I fell and scraped my knee. And now I have six and seven figures and 700 agents, right? <laughs> I don't realize that the I fell and scraped my knee was like 20 years long. <laughs> and five businesses later. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> At least. Yeah. 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 So, so that, that journey, you know, and I'm really glad you brought up five businesses later, you know, I, um, I have a friend of mine and, and I actually forgot about his journey until you said that, you know, he's been a serial direct sales professional. And when I say serial, he would turn around and he was a serial joiner. So he would join everyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he would join, not build, uh, leave it like six months or a year later, and it was that business's fault. And then he would join, not build. Six months, a year later, he would join something else. 25 companies, mm. 25 companies over the course of, I think he said 18 years wow. until one day he joined and then built a deep, deep six, seven figure business. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So your journey, your journey in this. So you navigating all those industries, was it, were you looking for something or? That's a great question, Stacey. I, when I look back at all the different businesses I've participated in, one of the things that I can see as a common denominator is where there was a pain point in my life then I would seek out a way to overcome that. Mm. So for example, in um, the legacy business, it was, it was healing of just trauma that I had experienced. And then in the nutrition industry, it was, you know, um, on my physical body, uh, lots of overcoming that I needed to do there and helping people in that way. So it was like, I am going to learn this. And I'm going to help other people along the way. So this is not just about me and my journey. Like I want to bring other people with me. And because my bent is education, that's, that's always where I come from is most people that I encountered, how I could help them was educating them in the areas that they weren't. And inside my business, then perhaps they would find an offering there that would suit them. And same thing in financial, like I left my, um, completed my marriage 13 years ago and walked out the door and realized that was one area of my life that had not been tended to. And I had not been responsible for it. And I had a lot of financial illiteracy Mm. and I decided early on for myself personally, that I was going to get, dig myself out of the hole that I found myself in. And then I decided, well, I know I'm not the only one in this hole. Some, some holes are much bigger than mine. Some are smaller and that's actually irrelevant. There is so much um, lack of information or misinformation in this arena that I felt like people have the right to know and, and with the right knowledge, they can make their best decision. Wow. That's amazing. So 
So, you know, that takes me right into part of the way I introduced you, a single mother of three adult children. At that time, those children weren't adults. Mm -mm. And you were right in the heart of raising them at the prime part of their developmental years. And you are single, building a business, and apparently a new industry. <laughs> I'm doing the math correctly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's a pain that a lot of men and women have out there today, you know, mm. during, during what, well, pre-pandemic, you know, there were, there were moms who were looking to navigate the field of, you know, finding themselves, building their business and being that mom and mm. same with dads. And then the pandemic happened and now everyone's working from home. And not only are they working from home, but now the kids are home and now they've mm -hmm. got to be parents, uh, business people or employees, professionals of some sort, and now also teachers. Mm -hmm. And now that we're coming to the other side of the pandemic, even though you know things are surging, we're still on the other side of the pandemic, or at least hopefully in that direction. What do you find was your superpower, your strength, navigating being a single mother and building your business? Well, during, during 2020, my children were out of the house at that point. So I wasn't dealing with that. Um, my greatest obstacle, I feel like, is always what's going on between my ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's all of our greatest obstacles. <laughs> Yes. And, um, and I had been an entrepreneur for decades. However, um, we got really clear that that I was in my own way, like I wanted uh, to reach certain levels and certain, you know, I wanted to help a certain number of people. And always what got in my way was what was going on between my ears, mm -hmm. um, self sabotage. And um, sometimes it was just that I wasn't on the right platform. So when I recognize that, then I would move. Um, so I think it's a combination of being on the right platform and having the right mentors and the right, for me was part of it was the right um, compensation plan that would, that I could actually achieve the goals that I was wanting. That was all external. And then the internal part was um, consistency was one of my biggest downfalls. Like in 2020, I, put my head down and I said, I am achieving this level. Like I got really committed the top of the commitment ladder, like whatever it takes, I'm going there. And even my children said, mom, I've never seen you this focused. And I had to agree with them. I said, either have I. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, I'm not picking my head up until I get where I'm going. Like I'm not allowing myself to indulge in my shiny object addiction, which I have, you know, like, Oh, this looks like, let's go do this. No. Yeah. So I didn't do any of that. And, um, I literally put in 50 to 70 hours a week and I'm sure I fell down probably more than I stood up. However, at the end of eight months, I had set, I had set out to achieve 10 goals that I'd never achieved before in my business or any business for that matter. Mm -hmm. And I went after all 10, put my head down. I consistently followed one simple formula for eight months. And in eight months I had hit nine of my 10 goals. Wow. So are you willing to share that simple formula? Yeah, it's, it's very simple and it's probably applicable. And I would, I would assert in most businesses it's applicable. And that is I spoke to five new people a day and from those five or from other, it didn't matter. I spoke to five new people a day and I set two new appointments a day could come from those five could come from other people. It didn't matter. And I did that every day, six days a week for what? eight months. Mm -hmm. wow. um, now I wasn't hundred percent, but I would say I was definitely in the high nineties 
with, and I would not let myself go to bed until I had hit my goal every single day. And what I found happening is it's kind of like compound interest. There was compound interest happening in my business because of my consistent effort of, um, of income producing activities. Like I was super good at spinning my wheels and not getting anywhere. Like I knew that one well, but this one, these were income producing activities or um, activities that would generate growing my agency. Yeah, I was great with either one, um, but five new people a day, two new, two new appointments every day. It's very simple. It wasn't easy to do, but it was a very simple formula. Easy and simple are very different. And people <laughs> fail to, to really realize that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I tell people all the time, success sales, it's simple. It's simple because it's a science and science is duplicatable and replicatable. Mm-hmm. You put together a formula, that's a science that becomes mm-hmm. duplicatable and replicatable. doesn't make it easy because mm-hmm. reality is what's between your ears is going to find a thousand ways or more to get in between it. You know, mm-hmm. I have, I have a, a loving nickname for the bully in the brain. So I, I call the right. bully in the brain, the itty bitty shitty committee. <laughs> so I like the bully in the brain. I've not heard that before. <laughs> So, so the bully in the brain, our, our itty bitty shitty committee has a way of, of steering us off focus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your, you call them income producing activities. I call them revenue producing activities. You know, reality is so many people, they, they wake up every day with a spray to pray, show up to throw up mentality, you know? Mm-hmm. They log into social media. They join the Entrepreneurial Witness Protection Program. They convince, <laughs> they convince themselves that they're working because they're busy, right? Mm-hmm. And our brain is incapable of, of, of distinguishing between truth and fantasy. It doesn't mm-hmm. know when we're lying to ourselves or telling the truth to ourselves. In the same aspect, it can't tell the difference between activity and productivity. So what you did was you created a very clear rhythm of income producing activities. I do this and I do this consistently and I stay focused doing this. I'm going to get results. It's inevitable, Mm -hmm. right? And if you don't, then you pivot until you find where the results are coming from. Because let's face it, if we just... If we just call five new people or reach out to five new people or talk to five new people and we go, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. there's nothing following that. There's obviously going to be no success. Right. Exactly. So it's having clarity on that simplicity. Well, and to, to I'm glad you said that because one of the qualifying factors was five new conversations where there was an invitation extended. Good. to either take a look at the business or to take a look at the plans. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just, you know, meeting somebody that didn't count. I actually had to extend an invitation. Now, whether they said yes or no is irrelevant. It was yeah. five new with an invitation yeah. and then actually setting two new appointments to take a look at the business or the product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, an IPA, an RPA, an income producing activity or a revenue producing activity without a CTA, a call to action, is mm-hmm. nothing more than, than activity. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm really glad you, you, you added that piece. And, and you know, that, that's what's going to keep you focused. Now, your kids were how old? They were in their early teens, right? Um, during 2020, they were in their 20s, actually. So um, that was also another motivating factor for me. I ended up um, living with my children during that time because I was in Hawaii and well, part of it, not the whole year. And my daughter, um, when the shutdown was happening and travel was going to be stopped between Hawaii and the mainland, mm-hmm. <clears throat> she asked me if I would come to the mainland. And so I was like, oh, of course I will. And, um, and I actually stayed with her for about four months, um, during that time. And so for me, it was also an opportunity, um, to show my children that they can do whatever they set their minds to. 
-hmm. not because of what I said, but because of the actions that I, that because of what I showed them through my actions. Yeah. So when I state something like that, and then, and then I'm like compelled to go do it, <laughs> like I, I have to, it's not even an option anymore. Like I have to, I have to, yeah. because that gives a, a roadmap for, for others, not just my children, but others as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, you know, you and I have had uh, many conversations since we've met and, and I, I hope it's okay. I share this one of yes. my, one of my favorite little gifts that, that you shared with me was actually earlier today. And that was your blessed or block it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, so I'm a huge, uh, Abraham Hicks, uh, fanatic, you know, mm -hmm. I, uh, I've, I've listened to Esther Hicks for, for, for almost a couple decades. Wow. And I remember, I remember her, her story about the canoe. When they went on the canoe, they put the canoe in the water and they were going against stream to go look for and find the most incredible waterfall that existed in that, that area. And they kept paddling and paddling till they couldn't breathe. They would take their oars out of the water. The canoe would turn on them. And then they would paddle, paddle, paddle to turn the canoe back. They'd start going against the stream again. And they did this for hours till Esther picked her oar up, put it in the canoe and said, I'm done. And then finally the canoe turned, took them downstream to a waterfall that the tour guide had never seen, mm. which was 10 times more incredible than the one he was trying to take them to. And Esther's, Esther's whole moral to the metaphor was stop exhausting yourself going against the stream, going against the current, going against yes. the flow. Yes. Let go, let mm -hmm. go, let yourself go the direction you're meant to be. And so many people, so many people fight and exhaust the rhythm and the method. And mm -hmm. the hardest thing to do is to let go. So that the, so it makes the journey more simple. Yes, that is so true. <laughs> and, you know, I um, have had in the past and not just, not just the past, sometimes the present struggled with control and forcing outcomes and all the above. And I can get pretty aggressive and determined when I set out to achieve something. And that blessed or block it has been pivotal for me because it, allows me to surrender to the process mm. and surrender is one of my favorite words because then it's like it's I'm willing to do the work it's just I want to make sure I'm doing the work that I'm actually called to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that yeah I love that and you know that I, I I like that you brought up that that type a personality where you're going to dig in and make it happen <laughs> no matter what and and it, you're a dog with a bone. And if they don't give you a bone, you're going to go get that bone. And if they don't, and if you can't get that bone, you're going to go make a bone. Right. Exactly. Somebody's going to, a bone's coming from somewhere. <laughs> so, so how does, how does one go from that level of control? Because, you know, I'm a reformed control freak as well. And mm -hmm. uh, along with a reformed workaholic to a certain degree. You know, I mean, I still work a lot. I just don't ever feel like I work anymore. So that's the, mm, that's the beautiful, that's when yeah. you know you're in the right spot. Yeah. So how, how was that journey of you letting go? I mean, especially let's face it, especially in the financial industry, right? Because oh. you've got a lot of competitors delivering false information out there. Mm -hmm. And, and for someone who's this, uh, recovering control free, that's really got to drive you crazy. <laughs> it does actually, it does. When I'm in that space of, um, yes, I, what is the process like for me? It's, I would say it's, it's an ongoing process. I don't feel like I've ever arrived. It's varying degrees of, of control and surrender. And I think, um, kind of like the story and I love Esther Hicks by the way love her as well love listening to her um it's kind of like that the story of like just putting my paddle in the canoe yeah like 
if if and when I remember to put my paddle in the canoe, like the adventure is always 10 times better. Yeah. And the people that come in are always the people that were supposed to be here. And um, you know, my whole journey to Hawaii and back has been just a process of like it's a faith journey. It's walking by faith, not by sight. Mm -hmm. And inside of that faith journey, like God, I already know has my back. Mm -hmm. He knows my heart. He's promised to give me my heart's desire. So why wouldn't I right. let go and put my paddle in the boat and go just direct my path and I will show up and I will do my best. Mm -hmm. and I will love people and I will help people and I will just you know bless or block the people that come along my path so that the right people are here and then I I can do you know they're looking for me and I'm looking for them and it's a great fit versus <laughs> I don't know what I was doing before but <laughs> and when I don't do that it's actually it's becoming more and more evident when I'm not in that space and because my prayer is blessed or block it, if I bump up against the wall too many times, I'm like, okay, Maureen, there's, this is your prayer. So mm -hmm. like, let's let it go and then see what God has in store. Have you ever noticed, and, and, and I know, I'm, I'm fairly confident asking this question that, that we're in agreement because of your blessed or block it. Have you ever noticed when someone's trying to forge the path mm -hmm. and the resistance is so exhausting for them? <laughs> They, they end up experiencing the F-bomb more failure, right? Mm -hmm. They end up having such a hard time, whereas if they would just allow themselves to go with the flow, whatever that flow is for people, right? If they would just go with the flow, it, it becomes easier, simple, mm -hmm. almost, almost effortless. Yes. Yes, I do believe that. And when you're in the right space doing doing the right work, like you said, it's not like it's work. Right. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's an adventure. It's delightful. It's like, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what's going to happen today. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like what adventures and what miracles are happening today that I get to be a witness to? Yeah, yeah. Which leads me to what does success mean to you? You know, because your journey has navigated that definition a multitude of ways. Mm, that's such a great question. I think probably the number one definition or the number one most important thing to me when I think of success is, am I fulfilling God's plan for my life? Mm, okay. Nice. Um, and, and also, am I excited and enthusiastic about making a difference in the world with the platform I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, am I helping people? Mm -hmm. Am I an enormous contribution in the world? Because when I'm focused there, like my life is, is handled, like it's not even an issue. It's like how many other people's lives can I impact? Yeah. That's, that's success to me. Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, you know, if I'm just living for paying my bills, that's a really small and, and not very, um, it's not very fulfilling. I mean, it's necessary. Yeah. It's necessary, but it's not fulfilling. It's like, it just has to be, it's like, I need to eat. <laughs> I need to pay my bills. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, we do have the essentials. <laughs> yes, exactly. However, having a job can fulfill that. I mean, let, let's right. face it, being, right. being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, being an independent sales contractor, you know, digging into this thing that, that people jokingly say we work 80 hours a week to avoid a 40 hour a week job, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not for everyone. And, yeah. and it's not easy. It's worth it. It's just not easy. So if you're going to show up to support yourself, pay your bills, put food in your belly, it's probably not the direction for you. Right? Yes, I would totally agree. <laughs> uh, you could, you could, if that's what the aim is, there's much easier ways to get there. Mm -hmm. So, so when, when you found financial services, right? Because 
because let's face it, like you said, it's the area in your life that was lacking that you wanted to fulfill, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's a pretty deep industry to decide I'm going to start a business in, right? <laughs> because there's like licensing, certification, regulations, there's, yes. there's lots of products, which will, we won't go down that rabbit hole. It's just a huge learning, right? Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Huge learning. So, so how does one decide just out of the blue, I'm going to pick this as my business so that I can grow and evolve from it? Hmm. That's a great question. So it, it, part of it is it falls on the side of bless it or block it because at that time in my journey, I was, um, I was a principal of a school and, uh, and then I was the year later writing curriculum. And I kind of decided that I was wanting to find a different career. I'd been in the world of education for 25 years and that in many different capacities. And, um, and I started looking around knowing that I needed to work. I was still a single mom at that point. I still had one child left at home and literally there was nothing in my sight, except this woman who kept pestering me for three months to join her in her business. And she wow. was, help, she was helping educators. And I literally told her to leave me alone. <laughs> she, didn't. she would not thank goodness. Wow. Um, and uh, I just told her, I said, look, I don't have a background here. I don't have any experience. I'm probably the least person to help people given where I came from. And um, she just kept saying, well, you'd be great at this. And what attracted me was the, that particular um, company, their niche market was educators. So mm. I actually went to a convention and saw that she was helping educators and their company was helping educators. I got really interested and in fact, a month later, I was, I was, I had been licensed and I was out in the field. And um, as an, as an educator myself and, a, and as an administrator um, in the state that I was in, it was actually the second or the lowest paying state for educators in all of the nation. And I knew that educators needed help in that arena, um, that they're really busy helping, you know, the future and who's helping them. You know, and um, what I heard at this convention that she invited me to was all of the educators that were in um, vehicles that that maybe weren't serving them. And I got really incensed about how how do they not know that there are other alternatives out there and who's helping them with this. So, like I said, it wasn't what I considered doing at the time. I, I didn't think that. Um, that I would be in this industry. I really fought it tooth and nail and found that it was, you know, I couldn't actually think of anything more interesting when I got into it and started really helping educators at that time and helping myself at the same time. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't no. know if that answers your question. No, it completely answers my question. And it's why I didn't explain my question when I asked it, because I was really hoping you would open that door. You know, a lot of people who step into the venture of building a business or entrepreneurism, whether it's chosen, desired, reluctant, or pushed into, right? Because we can say that life has a way of getting BF in the way. I tell people all the time, life begins with an L, that's the living. It ends with an E, that's the inevitable end. There's mm. always that if in the middle. <laughs> I love that, that. If in the middle determines the directions we go or don't go. And, you know, some people become reluctant entrepreneurs. Some people become hesitant entrepreneurs. Some people become driven entrepreneurs. Whatever, whatever pushed you into that journey. If you ever think it's hard. Think about what it's like to step into an industry you know nothing about and still have to go get all the regulations, all the certifications, all the licenses. I mean, things are only as hard as we choose to allow them to be and as we choose to make them to be. You know, um, I remember a long time ago, Jim Rohn telling me, if you want something bad enough, you're going to find a way. And if you don't, you're going to find an excuse, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think what I love the most is that woman's persistency 
finally allowed you to hear her mission, which then tapped into you, even though you had a belief you couldn't do it because it's a regulated, certified, licensed industry, <laughs> even mm. though you, you had a belief you couldn't do it, she believed enough for you mm -hmm. to borrow her belief to step into you. Yes, that's and, beautiful. And I think so many people allow those limiting beliefs to block them mm -hmm. and they fail to find the belief that they're surrounded by. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go as far as saying, if who you're surrounded by isn't your belief system or your cheerleader, there's a high probability you're surrounded by the wrong people. Mm. And, so great. and a lot of people end up in that position as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was there many times. In fact, um, when I chose to go for my 10 goals, that the beginning part of that journey was I went to a convention and I was like, so irritated with, I'm like, what am I doing at another convention? I've been to so many of these and I'm still not where I want to be. But I went with the intention of finding that missing link for myself that would actually get me onto the other side and be mm -hmm. able to, and, and it was what you spoke to. There were two people at that convention that I spoke to them and it wasn't what they said. It was that they were extremely high performers and i knew just by the conversation that they believed in me even when i didn't believe in myself mm. that they believed in me and i i went home thinking you know i don't know what they're seeing over here with me but i'm just going to put their hat on and i'm going to go to work mm. and i'm going to borrow their belief in me until i have my own i love that yeah. And then I put my head down and I just went to work, but it was that, that was the ticket. That was the golden ticket in that moment, because I had been in this business for years and hadn't gotten to where I wanted needed to be or wanted to be. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so that leads me to how has the F-bomb failure mm -hmm. been instrumental in you achieving success? Well, I feel like um, it's, you know, if somebody has it easy, they're, they're not really relatable. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of something said to me, you know, the, the people who really make it ha seem like they have to have a really crappy past. <laughs> exactly. Right. Because as a trainer and as a, you know, a trainer in my industry, like if I'm sitting in front of a person who who's brand new and I'm just telling them how easy it is and how, you know, it's just like falling off a log. Well, they, they can't relate to that, especially when it's not like that for them. Right. So it makes it, it makes me relatable. Um, and I feel like even my past history with my own finances makes me relatable with my clients. Cause first of all, I have zero judgment about where they're at. Yeah. Most people can't relate to someone who's like, Oh, I've been saving all my life and you know, I have millions in the bank. Okay, that's such a rare thing that if that's actually an agent saying that nobody's gonna be able to relate to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I have huge compassion and I can suspend my judgment about where my clients are, where my agents are, because I have stumbled so many times that, um, you know, and I can point to my failures and go, look, I get it. This is where I was. And, you know, are you open to some maybe some ideas about that would help you get on the other side of what it is that you're struggling with mm -hmm. based on my own personal experience. Failure is really a gift. I feel like it's a gift. It's feedback. It's feet. That's great. It is feedback. It's, it's yeah. like, we missed the mark here. Yep. We missed the mark. So what is it that we need to put in place to hit our mark? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just a very simple question. Oh, I missed that mark. Okay. What's needed here. Yeah. You know, I was actually just talking about that this morning with, with one of my coaches, you know, I said, after, after deploying a multitude of digital marketing strategies over the course of the past few years and, and getting little to no ROI, I have to step back and ask myself, what about this is about me? 
what am I contributing to, to create this lack of result? Because yeah, you know, I can get rid of that supplier. I can get rid of that supplier. I can get rid of that supplier. And reality is that I'm going to run out of contractors to hire to get rid of. <laughs> I, eventually, I eventually have to stop and go, how am I contributing to this lack of return on investment? How am I contributing to this failure? How am I contributing to this lack of success? And, mm. and when I got clarity on that, it opened up an immense, an mm. immense amount of opportunity for me. And so many people look external mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for their blame for their, their, their fixes. And reality is if it's going to be, it's up to me. Mm -hmm. And it all starts with you allowing yourself to authentically and congruently answer the question. What about this is about me? Mm. The painful question to answer. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And it's where our greatest growth is. Mm. Well, that's actually one of the things I love about what you do, Stacy, is that um, I feel like the work that you do, and I'm super excited to um, to come and join you in your workshops, is is addressing the subconscious mind so much more powerful than the conscious mind. Like I have done a, a lot of work with my conscious mind, but like the I feel like the juice and what I really want to focus on moving forward is the subconscious mind because. I, would you tell me it runs 90% of our behavior or something like that? Yeah, our unconscious mind runs 90% of our life from, hmm. our, from our bodies to our behavior. You know, our conscious awareness, our, our conscious mind is arrogant enough to think it runs 100% of our life. Mm -hmm. And reality is what's beating your heart right now. Who's filling mm. your lungs with air right now? If we had to do mm. that consciously, it would be it would look like this. So what am I supposed to say right now? What question she, did did she just ask? Oh, I need to write that note. Oh crap! Heartbeat. Oh wait, lungs breathe. Oh <laughs> blood flow. Oh wait, what did she say? You'd be dead. <laughs> exactly. Right? So mm. so what happens is is we have been imprinted between the ages of zero to seven, right? And then we take that that imprint, that computer program, that significant adults. Uh, hardwired into us, and then we deploy it in what's known as our modeling years between the ages of eight to 13. This is where the little boy walks like daddy, the little girl dresses and walks like mommy and puts makeup on like mommy. And then I jokingly say that our teenagers, when they turn 13, um, they have a frontal lobotomy, they uh, remove their frontal lobe, they become these aliens, and sometime around 21 years old, they go back to the shelf, they get the lobe, they have it reinstalled. And that's when they usually, somewhere around 21, they apologize to their parents. I really didn't know it all, right? <laughs> that's typically the, the time frame. Well, what happens is, you know, Carl Jung has always said where we were as a child is how we are as an adult. Hmm. So how was money? How was communication? How was relationships? How was love? How was, how was business? How was careers, job ethics, all of that? Look around that time frame. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I remember growing up asking my, my dad um, how much he made. And, you know, growing up in the 70s, uh, my dad made six figures. That was a lot of money back then, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember my mom snapping at me. You're not allowed to ask that. Well, my dad, my dad really didn't care. He liked to brag about what he made. So, so my dad said, it's okay. And then he answered the question. Well, if, if I had leaned towards my mother's response or reaction, I might think talking about money's bad. I might think money's bad. I might think it's a secret. Well, things that are secrets, we can't be open with, right? Mm -hmm. However, because my dad talked about it very, very openly, to me, it just money's a thing. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just an exchange of energy. Mm -hmm. The more energy you put out, the more energy you get back in, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what happens right. is, especially in your area of work, right? 
you're you're dealing with skeletons in people's closets when you talk about money, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then you're dealing with their programs, their imprints. Some people are embarrassed at what they don't have or their lack of or mm-hmm. you know their debt or fill in the blank, whatever. So you're not only in a service environment, you're also stepping into roles to where money's a huge trigger for people. Mm-hmm right? And being able to step in the people's map of reality and speak into their listening will allow them to know you like you and trust you faster because they'll realize that it isn't, it, 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 it's a judgment-free zone. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's easy to say because let's face it, a lot of people in the financial world will say that, no judgment, no judgment, right? And reality is the unconscious mind's incapable of processing the word no. Mm. And and the unconscious mind's incapable of processing a negative. Mm. You ever Mm. told a kid, don't touch that, it's hot, what do they do? They touch it before you get the sentence out because Mm -hmm. the unconscious mind's incapable of hearing the negative. So when we say don't touch it, all they hear is touch it, it's hot. If you were to turn around and say, honey, be really careful. I just pulled that out of the oven. It's really hot and you'll burn yourself really bad. They run around screaming like it's a nuclear bomb, right? (laughs) (laughs) So when, when we tell a client, no judgment, same thing. All they're hearing is I'm judging you, dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So, so this allows us to really, especially in finance, Maureen, you're, you're in such a, a crucial, critical aspect. I mean, generational wealth is, is so misunderstood because so many people think because I only make this, I'll never have it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When reality is, it's just their blind spot. They don't know what they don't know. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, Let's get into what it takes to build a mega agency, because let's face it, 700 agents, one, extremely significant. I mean, I speak and train a lot in your, in your industry. To have an agency that size is impressive. It's significant. And mm. let's face it, it's allowed you to take uh, a year and a half off and travel. <laughs> A huge blessing. Huge <laughs> blessing. Yeah. So, so what does it take to build that seriously? Well, I don't know that I can actually take credit for that. Um, part of it, yes. Uh, what I will say is, you know, when I spoke about being on the right platform, one of the things that I love about the platform that I'm on is that we have a system, and it's a system of duplication, mm-hmm. and it's it's. Um, it's brilliant the way it was, was created and the leadership at the helm of our company. So I would say it's a combination of having incredible leadership, a really great system that um, empowers and trains um, agents and attracting or, or having the pleasure and honor of working with just really phenomenal people. You know, it's one of the things I love about, um, you know, when I was a principal, I got to start the school that I was at and which meant that I got to um, hire all the employees in that school. Wow. And I loved the opportunity of being able to pick my own team. I just feel like in so many areas of life, that's actually not the case. We show up on a team that's already there and we figure out how to handle it and deal with it. And yep. um, and one of the beautiful things is like picking people that I want to be in business with and I want to, to do life with, and I just love them. And um, of course I want to walk alongside and do whatever I can to have their journey be great and, um, and attracting like-minded people. Like I said, I, I don't know that I can point to me. Mm. <laughs> I really have everybody else around me and, and a company that already has a lot of that handled before I walk in the door and um, just finding, finding people that are great, that I want to be here and 
and walking alongside them on the journey. So I think that is all about yoga because let's face it, I I believe that there that that's a self-made millionaire is incapable to exist mm. because you know in order for them to be self-made then they could have never read a book never had a mentor never been programmed uh they've done all the marketing they've done all the attraction they've done all the shipping handling billing receiving invoicing mm. you know mm. it takes a team mm-hmm. to create success just like it takes a village to raise a kid right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it all starts with you and your authenticity and your congruency and your transparency, your alignment. I think it starts with your desire and ability to serve. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with your, your judgment-free, gentle nature. Mm-hmm. You show up in such a space of unconditional love that we attract who we are, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, think, I think that you've created this environment to attract service-oriented, unconditional love people who are showing up in a space of congruency, authenticity, and transparency. Mm-hmm. And, and that you have a system, and we all should, that, that we get to plug into that creates success. Mm-hmm. So it is all about you because it starts and ends with you, right? Well, I thank you. I got the acknowledgement. <laughs> I got the acknowledgement. Thank you. And um, it really is. It's a team. It's a, it's a great, great leadership, great company, great people. So how do you stay motivated? Because, I mean, let's, fa- let's face it. Uh, we just joked around about how you've built this, this business based on leverage. You know, you worked your butt off to, to build an agency of 700 uh, agents. And then you allowed yourself to take a journey of a year and a half off. And sometimes when we take the pedal off the metal, it's kind of hard to push back down. Mm-hmm. How, yes. how do you motivate yourself to really get driven again? Well, um, a huge motivator for me initially was not having to work. You know, as a single mother, that was never an option. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was what I was after, along with helping people, was, is giving a gift, that gift to myself. And then once I had arrived there, I um, indulged. I definitely indulged. <laughs> Enjoyed that. And then I got, you know what? I really miss working. I actually do love working. I do love helping people. Um, so I had to had to recreate and create and have a bigger why, because I had achieved my why. So once I had achieved it, it was like that was no longer that why was no longer serving me. I needed yeah. something bigger. Yeah. So then my why became about um, twofold about about helping other people achieve that same. And also um, the clients that's on the agency and the, and the business side. And then with my clients, it was like, I'm really committed that, you know, that we put an end to GoFundMe accounts. Nice. You know, that people are not financially devastated because of a market fluctuation or a medical trauma, you know, that, that can impact that family for generations either way. Yeah. Like I'm really committed that that be a thing of the past. That's a big why. Yeah. That's a why that could take me through the rest of my life. Yeah. I tell people all the time, if your why makes you cry, the how will never matter. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So in that why, um, both of those, like I feel like I feel like I could do the 50 to 70 hours a week again. Mm. You know, like, and it's not 50 to 70 hours a week. It's like, how many people can I help today? Yeah. How many people can I reach today? How much bigger can my reach become? How much more effective can I be to do, you know, what I need to do to impact a bigger chunk of the why that I'm after? Oh, so what I'm hearing is your five new people a day has now up to 10 new people (laughs) a day? It's now like, how many, I love what you said, you know, 19,000, like, can I speak in front of 19,000 people? (laughs) 
and you know instead of one at a time let's let's do thousands yeah absolutely absolutely so maureen welcome to the signature question of the show and that is what does selling without selling mean to you it's mm, a great question so selling without selling means to me um listening and getting the problem that people are faced with yeah and finding a solution to that problem and in on an even deeper level listening to the problem that they're not saying and providing them a solution for that yeah and do you know that our our perspective client what is their presenting problem really rarely is not the problem mm -hmm. it's just what they're aware of the exactly. problem lays outside of their awareness which mm -hmm. is why being able to communicate is so important because all they know is what they've delivered all they know is this we'll call it a surface level problem under that is the deep structure problem which really creates the surface level problem mm -hmm. and when you as a service provider can get to that deep structure shift will happen every time mm. yeah that's why i'm so excited about doing your course <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so so maureen welcome to the random round see i believe that success leaves clues and I like to extract specific thing from my expert guests so that our listeners can turn around and go, I love that and I want to apply it to my life. So uh, my random round question for you, I have two. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so my first one is, what does your morning ritual look like? So my morning ritual looks like um, prayer, meditation, um, reading the Bible, Bible verses, mm -hmm. exercise, journaling sometimes um, sometimes i write and um, affirmations and then i create my intention for the day and mm -hmm. i look at my schedule i write down my schedule and then i'm like my gratitude list is in there what am i grateful for today that i can actually show up for my divine appointments <laughs> <laughs> i love that like they happen all the time like i just want to show up <laughs> And I hand my schedule over and I say, this is what I have. Feel free to do whatever you want with it. <laughs> I love that. Bless it or block it. <laughs> yes, bless it or block it. I love that. So my last random round question for you is, what is your favorite word and why? Mm. Um, my favorite word is surrender. Mm, I know. That's why I asked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite word and um, why? Because because um, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, and and my intention is to to get more and more in touch with that spiritual side of myself, which I have to let go of the control. I need to surrender to that. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So I got to tell you, Maureen, it has been absolutely positively incredible sharing this space in this time with you. Mm. I know what your schedule looks like. And I truly, truly am blessed that you chose to share some of your time with us. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. If our, if our listeners want to reach out to you, connect with you, follow you, find you, how can they? Oh, that's a great question. So I'll include the links. They can find me on LinkedIn. And I also have a calendar link that I'll put in there. So if you're wanting to um, have a meeting with me, then you have access to that. I also have a YouTube channel that I created um, called Remote Promote. So you can find me on YouTube and where I interview entrepreneurs. And if that's something that you'd like to do, I'd love to interview you. It's a much shorter interview, like six to eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this, by the way. Um, so LinkedIn, and I'm on Facebook. I don't really access it that much. LinkedIn, YouTube, and then I have a calendar link for appointments. Fantastic. So listeners, we will make sure that all of that is in the show notes for you. And Maureen, thank you so much. 
Thank really you, Stacy. This has been super delightful. I appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Hey, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I'd love for you to do three things real quick right now. First, I'd love for you to head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. Let's head over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Second, since you're already there, jump over to Instagram and follow us at the Stacey O'Byrne. Let's jump over to Instagram, follow us at the Stacey O'Byrne. And last, definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you and get feedback on these episodes to find out any topics you're interested in to help make this more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and know you deserve. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15 minute chat on the schedule. And always remember this choice is a powerful thing, and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way, so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.